Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. Well, happy almost new year, Mike. How are you? Yeah, it is almost the new year. I'm ready to count down and I'm very excited that we got to talk about our best games, our favorite games of, of 2023. And I'm happy to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me again. Obviously, another year done with this show, which is uh, always special. Our holiday bracket was amazing. So big thanks to Bill for that. And I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to talk about the year that was 2023 quite possibly one of the best years of gaming ever. If you look at it at the year end, I don't think it stood out while it was going on. I think by the time we got to like September, October, November, we were looking back at the year starting to at least and saying, this is incredible. Like, I don't understand how, how it got this good. And it's a tough year to pick kind of best of games because it's, it was just really strong from the beginning. So it's a fantastic year for games. I'm happy to be here and can't wait to talk about some of my favorites of the year. Yeah, Mike, that's an excellent point you make. And listen, you, that's what you're here for. You always make excellent points, and I appreciate that. But if you listen to our podcasts in the beginning of 2023, looking forward at this year, we, we, we thought, all right, Zelda's coming out, so that should be a hit for Nintendo. The mm. only Sony game we really knew about was Spider-Man 2 coming at the end of the year. And... We didn't really, and new Starfields was supposed to hit. And everything else was sort of a surprise or a highlight. I mean, most of the games we're going to talk about on this list, my list and your list, we really either didn't know about. And you're right. We're not being biased or recency bias here. This is a damn good year for video games. And let's celebrate that a bit today. Yeah, I agree 100%. And for me, 2023 starts off being good immediately, right? It is a it's a good year from January on. So that's kind of how it is these days. There's no quiet. There's no quiet anymore. And 2024 will be no different when in late February, we get Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is looking to already be the game of the year 2024. Um, so it's one of those things where gaming has no quiet time now. Um, we just have to remember the games that came out earlier in the year as we get later in the year which is why guys like us document this stuff right? Um, and pay attention. Well, Mike, let's start off with some of the big hits from 2023. Games that for you would hit your top five, and then we'll follow up with some honorable mentions that just missed your list. So let's hit, sure. it, hit us with it. What were your top five games of 2023? All right. So without talking too much about each individual game, I'll probably talk a little bit more as I get to the high to the, the high part of the list or the low part of the list, whatever the number, the, the lower number, but the higher the higher ranking. This year was really good. Uh, I've made a list uh, for this year of about of 10 games that I've been posting to social media. I've actually posted last week by this point i posted all my top games of the year already via social media but i started off with honorable mentions i actually did a little section on top remakes and remasters of 2023 which 2023 has a, a handful of incredible remakes and remasters and then i hit everyone with four honorable mentions and then obviously my top 10 of the year but if we're going to cut down down to the top five i'm going to go with for this show because my honorable mentions here will be different than what I had on on Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram. If I go with my top five right and now, and let's build with suspense. Why don't you start with sure. number five? Yes, I'm not going. Top, come on, I'm not going one <laughs> to five. Come on, dude. I, I'm never going to do that. You got to start five to one. It's like the end of the year. It's like you're counting to see the ball drop. At number five this year, and I will say this much to folks who who listen to this podcast quite a bit. I'm sorry that it is i'm sorry that my list is incredibly predictable based on who i am as a person and what i like actually it might not be as predictable as you think because there's a game on my best of list of 2023 that is completely not there and my top game of the year is not a game uh, and not a series that i always it's not a, it's a series i love but not a series that i that i'm not critical of when need to be but top number five uh, is a game that everyone should expect on this list, released on June 2nd, 
2023, Street Fighter Six. I was blown away by Street Fighter Six. I played a ton of Street Fighter Five. I'm actually there's the people are still talking about Street Fighter Six quite a bit, especially in the fighting game community. This has really replaced Street Fighter Five and became pretty much akin to Street Fighter Four. Now Capcom has done some kind of predatory predatory kind of practices with the pricing of things with the costumes and stuff like that but street fighter 6 is for me the best fighting game of the year it's been the best fighting game i've played in the last handful of years it's a great game it's my number five i was completely blown away by it it's its ability to kind of have like classic style plus a modern style is really good it's good for new players its adventure mode is a lot of fun it's got really everything going for it especially since street fighter 5 launched so bare bones and this game is Street Fighter for the new generation. And I'm very excited to play it for the next probably close to, if not 10 years, at least four or five. Just, Coming to, in at just no- to speak to that at one point, I only played about 10 minutes of this game at the, long, the New York Comic Con. Yeah. And just from my few three or four matches I played, the game looks gorgeous in motion. Yes. It plays so smooth. I mean, mm-hmm. it just has a really robust system but it just has a smoothness to it that i was yeah. so impressed by and that, fighting games are not i know this is more this this is in your dna you're a street fighter guy through and through and i love that mm-hmm. and this game but, seems like it hit really well for people that love the series it's it was kind of as a game it was a game that needed to happen especially after five was in such a weird spot i eventually yeah. ended up really liking street fighter five but that was one of those things where it was kind of like it was iffy and Street Fighter 6 kind of came back and 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 kind of blew everything out of the water. I don't understand why anyone even has a conversation trying to compare Mortal Kombat of any variety to Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6 is so much better than anything Mortal Kombat has ever put out. I do like Mortal Kombat 9. I think they are Kombat doing 10, different 11. things. I think they, they, are. they are achieving different things at this point. I agree fully, but I mean, as a core fighting game, yes. you cannot beat no. Street Fighter no. 6 unless you want to like talk about Smash Ultimate. Uh, I'm also very excited as a fan of the anime spy family uh, and the crossover that is going on with this. I don't know what the crossover means, but um, folks on this show know that I've been, I've had a dream project that I've been talking about forever. There's actually an episode about it of the show. Another podcast I've done called How About This, where I talk about it ad nauseum. My dream is to have the folks at Arc System Works and Bandai Namco work together with Capcom to make a a crossover fighting game called Shonen Jump All-Stars versus uh, Capcom. And it's been a dream that I've had. It can work. Tatsunoko versus Capcom is a fantastic fighting game. And Bandai and Capcom have worked together for years making games and stuff like that. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Spy Family is in Shonen Jump. So we're getting one step there. Maybe it's just your forger who is the fighting Chun-Li, which is one of the best videos that I've seen on the internet in the last month or two. Definitely check that out. But Street Fighter 5 comes in, Street Fighter 6 rather comes in at number five on the PS5 is where I've played it. Going to my number four game, my number four game of the year. I was not surprised that I like this game as much as I did. I don't think anyone should be surprised I like this game as much as I did. And I was just surprised that it happened. We didn't know about this game till probably June of 2023. And it launched on October 20th, I believe. There's two games that actually launched on October 20th. One of them is being Spider-Man 2, which is not on this list. And I could talk, I could talk for a while as of why two it is not on, why it is not on this list. But the other game, the better game that released on October 20th was Super Mario Brothers Wonder which was absolutely terrific. It was a game that felt as close to Super Mario 3 or Super Mario World that the series has ever felt. It probably stands alongside those two, probably just a little a little under those two for 2D Mario supremacy. It's been a good year for Mario. His movie was a huge success. And Wonder continues kind of to run with that success, a new graphical style incredible new power-ups, the addition of the Wonder Flower, tons of secrets, a world map that really kind of allows you to go all over the place. This game is everything a Mario game needs to be and everything a Mario game needed to be in 2023, especially after two Mario Maker games and a bunch of new Super Mario Brothers games. And the new Super Mario Brothers games I like, but I do feel that they are light on invention and light on 
kind of new things and very heavy on kind of keeping it safe and simple. Wonder doesn't do any of that. Wonder, you could tell the team was given no time limit. They were told to just create whatever the heck you wanted, and they just filled it up with ideas. And while it is fairly easy, once you get into like the extra stages and the bonus stages is when it gets very, very difficult. So this game, as Bill Bill Burns said on our last episode, this game goes from like zero in terms of difficulty to like a million in terms of difficulty. So we love that in a Mario game. We love having those difficult stages. So Super Mario Brothers Wonder is uh, my number four game of the year. Yeah, that's a fantastic pick. And like you said, we didn't know about this game six months ago. So it's amazing that this game came out this year. So great five and four thus far. What do you got for number three? All right. Number three is definitely no surprise to anyone because number three is a remake of a game that is easily, it's funny, two of these games are, are on are kind of fill under, fall under that category, but number th- three is a remake of a game that is definitely in my top five games of all time. And I gather because the re- it's a remake now and the remake kind of does what the original did, but better. So the remake kind of also kind of edges in to that one of those top five spots of all time. But it's relaunched March 23rd, 2023, and it is the Resident Evil 4 remake. Now, putting a remake on the top five list is sometimes kind of weird because it's like, how much of a remake is it? Is it that different? I think plenty of lists and many, many lists should have Metroid Prime remastered on the top five games. Of, of 2023 or top 10 games of 2023 because it is that good and it changes enough to make it feel like a relatively new experience. And 2023 was kind of like a reintroduction to what made the GameCube so good. And we're going to see more of that in 2024 with the remake of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. But um, the GameCube was hard to love when when it was during its lifetime because it felt like nothing was coming out. But looking back retroactively, it does have a very solid library and Resident Evil 4 is one of those games. And the remake is the best way to do a remake. It's funny. I think I said this on the show before, but like the Resident Evil 2 remake is a better remake because it does more and changes the game more and remakes it more in a modern sense to where it's a better remake. But Resident Evil 4's remake is the better game because it's taking a game that is naturally better and making it better. I don't know how you can make Resident Evil 4 a better experience, but Capcom figured out how. And the remake of Resident Evil 4 is unbelievable. This game is so very good that it's it's honestly, this game has every right being in a top three conversation of the year. Some people might have it as their best game of the year, but Resident Evil 4's remake is is just... I mean, I was blown away with how good it was and only reminded again about how good it was when I went to play the Separate Ways DLC package because that reminded me of just how good it was and both of this whole thing. The whole thing is worth all of your time and all of the money spent on it is worth it. It's probably about a 30-hour long game and Separate Ways thing is about another five or six hours, which is probably longer than the Resident Evil 3 remake for $9 and uh, yeah, Resident Evil 4 at, at number three. Yeah, Mike, I love that comment you make that Resident Evil 2, the remake had more heavy lifting to do because the game was not considered an all-time great. The original was maybe in some people a six out of 10. It was a above average to average Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. The remake escalated that game to greatness. Resident Evil 4 was already a nine or a 10 out of 10, but they still managed to make it a 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10. So you're right in the fact that 2 had to do more lifting, but still forward to the amazing thing of making a near-perfect game even better. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I love that. I love that. It's, cra- so, it's crazy, man. It's a great list you have so far. Again, a year ago, I don't know when we learned about Resident Evil 4 Remake. I feel like it was probably about a year before it came out. It wasn't that yeah. long waited for it. Yeah, I think so. I think there it was were hints and then. rumors longer that we thought it was coming. Pretty much the second... The second the Resident Evil 3 remake came out, they were like, oh, well, I guess Resident Evil 4 is happening. Right. So great list so far. You got some heavy hitters. Five, four, three. You're down to two left. What are your top two games, Mike? Well, I found a way to kind of crowbar three games into the top two slots. So so I'm already breaking the rules. Oh, this guy. 
Guys, Mike is already breaking. We'll allow it here on the Hall of Fame pod. What do you got? Listen, I spend 50% of my time in a punk rock band. The status quo does not appeal does not appeal to me at all. So breaking the rules is probably part of what I'm supposed to be doing. But at number two, and this was a game that released in June, finally. Oh, I'm sorry, August, August. It released in early August after being in early access for a while. The folks over at Larian Studios, who are like sort of an indie de- developer, but also not, it's they're in a weird spot with it. So I'm not going to call them an indie, but it's a small team. The team over at Larian Studios, which is, a, I think, a Belgian team, in early August released Baldur's Gate 3, which it's funny because the conversation uh, towards the end of the year, and this is my number two game, I played on PC. The conversation towards the end of the year was like, what was going to be the best game of the year? Was it going to be Tears of the Kingdom? And this is across the board, or was it going to be Baldur's Gate 3? And I believe that, Matt, you and I pretty much both had the same opinion that they're going to split the awards across the board. Obviously, the game awards give best game of the year to Baldur's Gate 3, but IGN, we see, has given it to Tears of the Kingdom. Other places have given it to, to either or. Baldur's Gate 3 makes more sense for game, game, game Awards Game of the Year because of the folks who work for the Game Awards. It's a Western journalist heavy. So I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be on top of that. Baldur's Gate 3 is in a fantastic game. It is the best version of this style of game. Whereas Tears of the Kingdom... Now, Tears of the Kingdom is a game that is incredibly innovative and groundbreaking in what it does. To all the people who say Tears of the Kingdom is just Breath of the Wild DLC, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm going to be really stern about that. You have no idea what you're talking about. You are completely off balance. You're completely just, you're, you're, you're out of the element. Someone, quote, I think they, leave all, they lose all credibility when they hear comments like that. Anyone who says to me, it's the same game is like, you have no frame of reference of what you're talking about. Like you need to sit down with Tears of the Kingdom and understand exactly what the game does. I don't mean that to be kind of a spoiler for later, but anyway, (laughs) Baldur's Gate, where, where Tears of the Kingdom takes something we know already, Zelda and Breath of the Wild even, and completely reinvents it and changes it and does something new and fresh and weird and different and unbelievable. Baldur's Gate 3 is giving you the best version of what a single particular type of RPG is. Baldur's Gate 3 is, and I'll say this with a definitive answer, is the best CRPG of all time. It is the best computer PC RPG, computer RPG of all time. That means we're talking about the old Baldur's Gate games. We're talking about Neverwinter Nights. We're talking about, not MMOs, obviously, that's a totally different thing. I'm talking about CRPGs. So Wasteland, Fallout, Fallout 2, Icewind Dale, all of those old Bioware games from from way back when, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, this game is the best version of that. Why? Incredible customization options. Incredible adherence to what makes Dungeons & Dragons so very good. Because not only is it you being able to identity craft and craft a character to how you want, it uses the 5e system, the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons system, but... On top of that, it adds the dice rolling mechanics into the game, which like normally would kind of be like kind of thrown aside. But when there's a big moment and you have to make a big check, it adds the the for someone who's played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons, having the die roll up there adds the necessary tension that you get when you're playing a D&D game at a table with people. And while they don't need to put that there, it makes the game so much better. The voice acting performance is unbelievable. The graphics are unbelievable. The facial mapping technology are so, so very good. Like when you look at one of the characters, Shadowheart, when you look at her face and then you see the, the actress that p- portrays her, you can see the face there. It's unbelievable stuff. Some of the best character work ever. This party in this game is unbelievable. It's just so very good. And it's a game that you can go back to and play over and over again because every decision affects the gameplay. Obviously, we saw a lot of this 20 years ago when games like Knights of the Old Republic were coming out or Fable, but this game does it better than all of those games. And I am a Knights of the Old Republic mega fan. So Baldur's Gate 3 is the best D&D game ever made. It's the best CRPG I've ever played. And I really hope that if something falls apart with Knights of the Old Republic and their remake, I really hope that whoever has the rights to be able to make that Lucasfilm games or whatever they're called, I really hope they reach out to Larian and just have them do it because this game was so very good. I was completely blown away by it. Mike, I think that is the ultimate compliment you could give this game. I mean, we're going back a year ago, looking at the landscape of 2023 
And if anyone thought Baldur's Gate 3 would be the talking point, the video game awards game of the year, talked about in the same breath as Spider-Man 2, Starfield, and the biggest games of this year, and surpassing those, I think it's the ultimate compliment for a game that's not normally considered a mainstream type genre. I think it's awesome for games of this ilk and showing that games still have so much to improve upon that you can still perfect something like this. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a genre that doesn't really get a lot of new games anymore. Obviously, we, this company, Larian, made incredible games. They made Divinity 1, Divinity yep. 2, really, really stuff, but those were kind of like quieter, ni- yeah. more niche games. It is niche. And, and Baldur's Gate 3 should have been a niche game. It broke but through, like few bro- games yep. do. And I think it's because of the customization. I think it's because each playthrough is really different. And at the same time, it's just accessible. It's yeah. really good. And you know what? D&D, and I know this sounds weird being that it was the talk of the town in the 70s and the 80s. I don't think D&D has ever been more popular. And I think that's because of the accessibility of D&D, the fact that more people game in this day and age, and the fact that Stranger Things is so popular. Mm-hmm. I think all of that feeds into this. And Baldur's Gate 3 is, I'll say it one more time, it is the best CRPG ever made. It's probably the biggest surprise on any of the lists this year mm-hmm. is that a game like this could be this great. And it just shows that greatness in any genre, if a game is good enough and creative enough and and just smart enough, it'll break through. And that goes yep. for anything from Pokemon Go, which no one could have predicted, to something like this. It doesn't yep. matter if it's good, creative, unique. It's going to break through. They're not treading the same old grounds again. It's a fantastic game, and I loved it. So that is the number two, which now we have no idea what you're going to pick for uh, I know. number one, Mike. All right. So I'm going to be quick with this because I want to give you some time to talk. I've been talking far too much. So I did one and one A. And the reason why I have one A is because I would be remiss to not bring up the fact with one A that I spent 16 or 17 of the best hours of the year gaming replaying Super Mario RPG via the remake. This was Honestly, this is the most accurate remake I've ever played. It was a joy to go back and play it. All of the quality of life improvements they added made the game even better and more accessible. The music is fantastic. The visuals are incredible. The combat's awesome. Everything's good. It's snappier. It's quicker. It's more fun. And Mario RPG, a game that I thought was dead as dead could be, coming back in 2023 with a remake on November 17th, was a total surprise when they showed it back. I believe in June at the Nintendo direct, I was completely floored. It's my favorite game of all time. And now this will be the version that I play moving forward because it just does everything. So right. And being able to go back and after you beat the game and then do a really fun boss rush mode, refight all the bosses to get extra items and do all that stuff. is just the ultimate bragging rights, adding a little bit more love into this game that has not seen the light of day in a long time. So I love this so very much. That is like my one A of, of Isn't it fantastic, of Mike? You got Resident Evil 4 and Super Mario RPG remakes in the same year. I think next year they're going to have to give you Final Fantasy Tactics and Mega Man X remakes. I think that's that's going to happen because they have to at this point, because I'll be really upset if they don't. You kind of need to do that, Square. And Square's remake game has been on point. So it has uh, been good. Well, Mike, that's a great honorable mention. Obviously, one of the great Square Nintendo crossovers. It's truly, we've talked about it just weeks ago, how great this game is. So I'm happy that you were able to mention it in your honorable mentions. Obviously, a crowded top five. It was hard to pick just five. Yeah, it was hard to pick just five. So that's why I'm putting it 1A. It's definitely the most enjoyable time I spent with a game this year. But to fool no one, I've already talked about it. I've talked about this game ad nauseum. As you all know, I am not... I love Zelda games. I like Zelda games a lot. But I am not on the same level of a fan as most other gamers and most other Nintendo gamers are. Zelda, to me, is not the be-all, end-all. Mario really is. But I do enjoy Zelda games quite a bit, though sometimes I am a little harsh on them. But I can't, I can't, I have no argument for this year because there is without question, Tears of the Kingdom is the best game of the year. I was, I thought I was wrapped up into Breath of the Wild until I played Tears. And like we said before in the show, and I'll say it again, Tears of the Kingdom doesn't make Breath of the Wild worse at all, but it does make it feel like, oh, okay. Breath of the Wild kind of feels like a totally different experience, right? Breath of the Wild is more about exploration and Tears of the Kingdom is more about creativity. This game has done so much 
to completely just obliterate the Zelda formula and give you the tools to be creative and craft the world around you. This game is doing so much all of the time. I have no idea how the Switch runs it. I have no idea how they created this world. They even went in through dungeons back in after people complained for five, six years about dungeons and using the Breath of the Wild and the Tears of the Kingdom tools in a dungeon just made that even better. It's like, you don't have to worry about items anymore. You make them. You make a flamethrower. You you make a crazy device. You make robots. You go underneath the planet. You go up into the sky. You have, I would say at least, it's, it's not double the size of Tears of the Kingdom, but it's real close. It's probably about 1.5 times the size of Tears of the Kingdom, but you have so many devices that allow you to kind of get all over the map that it doesn't even matter. And it's just, it's the pinnacle of what Zelda's about. And it's the pinnacle of what Nintendo's about. It's about exploration. It's about creativity. It's about using the tools that you've been given to um, do something special. And I will never, ever, ever look at this game and think that it's anything other than unbelievable. If you could give a game an 11 out of 10, Tears of the Kingdom deserves it. Mike, um, I got a question for you because Breath of the Wild, it didn't. I know you respect it. You've said all the great things about it, but it never cracked your top 10 games of all time, if I'm correct, right? No, definitely not. Does Tears of the Kingdom be, get closer to scratching some of your favorite games? I think, I don't know if it's going to hit my top 10. It might if I sit down and really think about it, but in the end, it's one of those things where it's really good. It's yeah. probably the best Zelda game. It's probably, it's arguably the best Switch game. Yeah. And crazy. it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy that they were able to do this much but six years after Breath of the Wild. Mike, it's it's wild to me hearing your list, hearing the games. I feel like if they just spread some of these games out to 2024, it's like an embarrassment of riches. Looking yeah. at Resident Evil 4 Remake, one of the great games of all time, made even better. Samaria RPG we got this year also. Baldur's Gate 3, a game that completely blew people away. Yeah. And Tears of the Kingdom, which is arguably now one of the greatest games ever made. It, it really is an embarrassment of riches. It's an amazing list. And it makes 2024. And we said this actually a year ago when 2022 ended. We said, I don't know, 2023 might not have much to offer. And here we are. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's... It's wild, dude. I, I, at this point, I can only expect 2024 to be so incredible because Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out in February. That's so we're gonna be a, screwed. That's going to be a personal favorite for you and me. I know. Game's, game's going to be game of the year, dude. It's going to be game of the year. It's it's it, There's there's no way it can't be. And this is why. I know I know. it's like, you're kind of just blah, blah, blah. But we, we've seen the gameplay. Yeah, that's the thing. Final Fantasy VII <laughs> Remake was so good. And that was the first in this new series. Yeah. And kind of like Breath of the Wild, they had six years. How many years did they have now? Final Fantasy VII Remake came out in what, 2019, 2020? 2020, 2020. So about so three years. They had three years to build upon that. Square Enix is pulling out the kitchen sink, and this game is going to blow people away. It's going to be 100 hours worth of stuff to do. You can ride Chocobos. You have the Gold Saucer. There's a card game they've added. Saucer alone is going to be 10 to 15 hours of just wild greatness. It's, I can't wait. It's going to be stupid. And normally, like a game like Spider-Man, that Spider-Man 2, I loved Spider-Man in 2018. And Spider-Man 2 really didn't hit it with me as as well as Spider-Man did. And because it I've already had played two of those games at that point. And the Miles Morales game was awesome. The 2018 Spider-Man was awesome. And Spider-Man 2, while beautiful and great to look at and incredibly well produced, it just kind of it was kind of like, ah, it's kind of more the same. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, from what I've seen from the gameplay, and from Spider-Man 2, you could kind of tell that from the trailer with the gameplay looking back. From Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, yeah, some of the gameplay looks the same, but it looks like they've done a lot to bolster the combat system. They added an open world to it. They added hundreds of hours worth of stuff to do. The open world looks interesting. We have games. We have like no, it's a, card it's games. a true sequel in every sense yeah. of the word. It's I, it's I have no doubt. I, I would be more skeptical if I didn't see gameplay, and gameplay looks. Fantastic. So, I mean, if we're, we might be back here in a year from now just talking about how good Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is. I sure hope so. I, I will sit here and, and happily talk if that game is as good as I think it's going to be. So, looking forward to that. We're only months away. Only a couple months, but 
Matt, give me your top five. Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with my number five, because as we do, let's build up. Let's build some suspense here. My number five is the only game on my list that I did not complete. And I think if I had completed it, it probably would be higher on my list. That game was Pikmin 4. Yeah, Pikmin 4. I started really putting time into it in the last three weeks. I played it upon launch for a few hours, but that was a busy time of year for me. And I was already knee deep in something else. Mm -hmm. Now spending more time in it, I'm realizing this game is something really great. And when I just had played the demo and played the initial couple hours, I said, ah, it doesn't feel that much built upon three. Now I'm realizing graphically some of the new mechanics and quality of life improvements to the gameplay and the less stress and the J-Knight system changes they made. It feels like a full-blown sequel. It feels like the best incarnation of Pikmin we've got thus far. I'm looking forward to spending more time with it, and I will probably bump this up my list retrospectively when I do complete it. Yeah, it's awesome. Pikmin 4 is a wonderful game. It's another game that I need to spend more time with too. Yeah. So that is my number five. And that just crept onto my list in the last few weeks I spent more time with that just missed out. And now it snuck in in number five. So in number four, I have a game that is also shared on your list. And that is Super Mario Brothers Wonder, a game that I did not know was coming out this year. I am thrilled to get another Mario in the 2D style. As much as I love Odyssey, it's one of the greatest games ever made. It's nice to go back to our roots and get this 2D gameplay again. The art style is phenomenal. It's Mm -hmm. unique. It's beautiful in motion. It's beautiful, just stationary. It's something fresh and new. But I'm going to be a little down here for a second. There's a little bit of a hot take. I don't think the game has aged well from when I played it. I played it a lot hard for two or three weeks, and I've now almost forgotten about it. I don't think it's as memorable or as great as I did in the moment. I think the later challenging levels were nice. I don't think the platforming and the levels, to me, are truly memorable. And maybe they can't reach the Mario World, Mario 3 charts and levels that we we hold those games to. But to me, I think this game will be a solid entry in the 2D. But I don't think we're going to remember this game. And maybe that's just me. Maybe this is just a hot take here that's, that's wrong. But to me, I think it's going to be not forgotten, but I think it's not going to be remembered as some great 2D game. I think I'm already forgetting it. Oh, that's that sounds like a personal problem. It might be. And, I, <laughs> and everyone else, I'm just I enjoyed joking. it while I played it. And now I'm looking back already thinking, eh, and I 100% of the whole thing. So that's my take. I think it's beautiful. I think it was fun finding those wonder seeds and seeing the, the worlds explode. But I felt like it was more about seeing what was going to happen. I feel like the game was almost playing through those wonder seeds that once started the rampage, just different things that took off during the levels. It almost felt like I was along for the journey rather than performing my, my platforming. So I I don't know. Maybe that's just my take. I don't know, man. Hey, listen, it's your experience, right? So that's, that's my feeling on it. I think it's a beautiful game. I think it's a fun game. I think they did some really neat stuff. And maybe they'll do more with it. Maybe there'll be a Mario Wonders 2 and they'll even take it to the next level. But that's just my thoughts. But number three is a cheat. Mike cheated on his list and he threw a 1A and a 1B in. And what I'm doing here is I'm taking a DLC and I'm making it my number three game of the year. All right. Hey, man, it's allowed. I'll allow it. The DLC was Dragon Ball Kakarot's The World Tournament, which brought me back. Mike is shaking his head at me. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I I figured you'd weasel this game in there somehow. (laughs) And uh, I I actually respect it. I respect it because it's a good move. (laughs) So for those that have been listening to the podcast, I try to get this game in on every list, every mention, everywhere I can drop it in. I'm hoping to get some stock money out of the company if I mention it enough. Yeah, Bandai Namco is sending you a a, a three cent check. I'll take a bouquet, a bouquet of flowers is fine. Hey man, but that's more expensive. So yeah, take it. They, they went back to Dragon Ball, which was awesome. It's no longer we're in just Z or super. And it was really cool. It was on the grounds. So you're playing the same combat and gameplay on the ground in the tournament. And it was really cool to see some of my favorite episodes of the show play out in the game. So for anyone that is a fan of Dragon Ball, it was cool to see the OG Dragon Ball shown some respect. Yeah, I, I always love when OG Dragon Ball gets some love. I, I love that series, so I, I'm really happy that this happened. I definitely want to 
I definitely want to spend more time with Kakarot, maybe in 2024 if I have a little bit of time. Yeah, the PS5 got some nice next next gen updates to it. That's to good. Beautify it. So I do recommend that for people that can play on a next gen console or now current gen console. Oh boy. My number two is a game that I think could be number one, if not for the greatness that we achieved this year. My number two game this year is Metroid Prime Remake, mm-hmm. a game that I played what seems like decades ago, probably is decades ago at this point, on that little purple cube. And as you said before, the GameCube is in full swing in terms of remasters, remakes, and this one is as good as any. The update and controls alone can bump this up anyone's list. If you played the original, it's hard to go back to on the GameCube. It feels fresh and new and modern just in how you hold the controller, but the game is gorgeous. The game looks so good on the Switch. We're so quick to say, we're Switch 2. The graphics aren't good enough. It doesn't run well. All these things we say about certain games on the Switch, and then you play things like Metroid Prime Remastered, and you think, damn, why can't every first-person shooter this look this good and control this good? It's it's the Nintendo magic, man. And the Metroid Prime Remastered is is easily one of the best games of the year. It's a terrific it's a terrific experience, and I'm happy that more people are getting to experience this game because of Switch Effect. Yeah, every time I play a Metroid game, at that point, right after the rush of finishing it, I'm thinking, man, that is one of the favorite my favorite series, one of my favorite games. And then time goes by, and we sometimes forget how good these games are. Metroid Prime Remastered being one of them, I think it re- should remind people again that this is an amazing thing they did in converting this 2D Metroidvania type game into a 3D world. Mm -hmm. And they did it better than anyone. And it feels like an old school Metroid at the same time. Uh, Metroid pound for pound is like one of the best video game series of all time. Installment for installment. There really isn't a weak entry unless you want to count some of the weird side stuff that they did, whether it be other M or Federation force. If we're looking at like the main line, of Metroids, which I don't count Other M and I don't count Federation Force and I don't count Hunters or any of that stuff. If we're looking at the main line from Metroid all the way through Metroid Dread, it's probably one of the strongest yeah. series of all time, game by game. Like each game is like a is like a, a 10 out of 10. And they're all these nice experiences. They never overstay their welcome. Mm-hmm. They're not bloated 40, 50 hour experiences. The the mm-hmm. 2D ones are, are short and sweet. And even the 3D ones, I think this was like a 15 to 18 hour game with exploration. Yeah. There's so much to find. You're constantly rewarded for traveling. And I'm sure this game didn't sell like some of the other games do on the Switch. It probably got the Switch boost to maybe two to three million when it's all said and done. But I'm that's, hoping that's, that's all it takes. That's really good for a Metroid game, and I think we will get remakes of two. I, I really do hope so, because this was phenomenal. So thank yeah. you, Nintendo, for for shadow dropping this game back in yeah. uh, the early months of this year. So Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. One of the greatest games ever. So that was my number two of this year. My number one, I need to say, was something that really shocked me. Because when I saw the first trailer and then the second trailer... I said, this is more of the same. It looked like DLC. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those people that said, I don't think I want to spend another 80, 100 hours in this world. And then I lost nights. I lost weeks. I lost weekends. I lost 100 hours into this world. And at some point, I had to cut myself off after I'd beat the game and done everything that I felt I needed to do. I had to cut myself off because this game was affecting my health. Like (laughs) Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom reached a new plateau. Breath of the Wild was phenomenal in what it accomplished. And I respected it, but it wasn't initially one of my favorite games of all time. I respected it was one of the best games ever made. But after I beat it, I didn't really want to revisit it. And I thought it did some really cool things with open world, with Zelda. It felt like the NES brought to life in that you can go anywhere, do anything, and explore. Yeah, absolutely. But after I played it, played the DLC, I just kind of said, all right, I'm done. Everyone should respect everything amazing this game did. But for me, it wasn't a favorite. This game plateaued Tears of the Kingdom above Breath of the Wild for me. And Mm -hmm. you could take the mechanics alone of the fusion mechanics, the ultra hand. These things could be an entire game in itself. Yeah. And all the stuff, it's brilliant. The creativity. You said the first game was exploration. 
This game is creativity. They also amped up the story. Story is not something you normally get in Nintendo games really at all. And in Zelda games, they're usually pretty. You can probably describe them in, in 10 words or less. This game really hit me in the feels. Zelda story, the dragon yeah. story, the tears, yeah. the final battle. It all felt like a true legend. And you were living in it. And you were exploring it. And you were really on some grand epic journey. And I, I credit Nintendo for really putting it together. Yes, it took six years but they did something truly amazing. And I honestly think we had this conversation. You can skip Breath of the Wild and just play this game. I know people that have and have had no problem. It's You got to give it to Nintendo where it's crazy to say this and to think this. Somehow, a company that's been around making video games. Now, they've been around for way longer than that. But a company that's been around making video games for a little over 40 years, maybe 45 mm -hmm. years, is doing their best work now. And... That's not recency bias. They are doing their best work now. The best games, arguably, in all of their series have been released in the last six years. And to that point, Mike, they've also learned from missteps and mistakes in Zelda and Mario. Each of these series, when they've realized where they went either off course or mm -hmm. made a mistake, they've learned from them. You could look at Twilight Princess, Wind Waker and Skyward Sword, and see the things that they corrected and course-corrected with Breath of the Wild, and then again, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears. It's amazing mm -hmm. what they've learned from the games they made before it. I, I agree completely, and Tears of the Kingdom is the culmination of everything that is Zelda. They asked Al Numa, hey, how come there was no Zelda dungeon maker or something like akin to Mario Maker? And his response was, we're pretty, we're pretty confident that people who played Tears of the Kingdom uh, were able to exercise their creative juices in that game and that should suffice and that should really be where it is because why copy ourselves when we can we can do something wholly new and original and i agree with him but if we look at the switch and this is probably the twilight of the switch that we're in right now it's absolutely got the best mario game in odyssey the best zelda game in either breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom the best smash brothers game in ultimate the best mario kart game with mario kart 8 deluxe i'd say the probably best. the best kirby games the best Kirby game with with Forgotten Land. The best. It's got it's got the best. It's got the Xenoblades on there too. It's got arguably the best Metroid game with Dread or Prime Remastered. The Switch is is for years. It was hard for me to say whether it was the Switch. It was the Super Nintendo or the PlayStation were my favorite console of all time. But it's the Switch now. I think the Switch is the best console ever made, and I think that. That's just because of the games. And Nintendo knows they've learned. It's not about gimmicks. It's not about mass appeal. It's not the Wii stuff. It's pretty much make good games and good memorable experiences, and you will sell a good console really, really well. And Tears of the Kingdom is icing on the 15-layer cake of the Switch. It's the icing. It's the cherry on top. It's the whipped cream. It's all of that. It's everything. Some things that I want to specifically just say that I that I commend this game for is people complained about the dungeons in Breath of the mm -hmm. Wild. Mm -hmm. This game, a dungeon itself was even getting to the dungeons, and then the dungeons yeah. themselves were unique and interesting and creative. Some better than others, sure, you can argue. They were really done well. The boss battles were brought up a notch. They didn't feel generic like some of the Breath mm -hmm. of the Wild boss battles felt like fighting each of the Ganons. And then you said it before. This game runs really well on this really system. Well. It looks beautiful. You would think the depths, the sky, you have this entire world to explore, the dragons floating about, all these different mechanics. There's so much happening in this game. Have you heard anyone say performance problems, bugs, crashes, game-breaking issues? Almost never. You can dive from the sky loft or whatever, or the, the sky. You can dive through regular Hyrule into the depths with pretty much nothing holding you back. This game's a marvel. When the folks over at Digital Foundry looked at it, they even they were like, we don't know how it's doing this. It's and amazing. It's incredible. You know, it's, a, it's a feat. It really and is. And this just shows that like we all want 4K, 4K, 4K. This game doesn't even run in 1080p all the time. So it just shows that good art style, good performance, good gameplay. That's what makes good video games. And that's that's my game of the year. Yeah, It's probably, and Breath of the Wild was not, 
this game is in my top 10 of all time. I had a conversation with uh, someone recently. I sat down. This game crept into my top 10. This game was that impactful, that important, and that impressive. That was the three I. The as three it I. should. As it should, Matt. As it should. So those are my five. Mike, I wanted to follow up with, did you have any honorable mentions that just missed your list? Yeah. Well, obviously missed my five. I'm going to give you a bunch. I'm not really going to talk about them. I'm going to give you a, a bunch of them right now, just kind of because we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. So I'm going to give you a couple of them, a handful of them now. I'm not really going to say much. If anyone wants to read a little bit more, they can go to my Instagram or follow a Hall of Fame uh, podcast on Instagram as well, or you can go to my Twitter. Um so my honorable mentions that I had posted, I'm not going to just mention games you mentioned, Matt, but pretty much a lot of the games you talked about were also on my list. But um, Advance Wars 1 and 2, Reboot Camp, a uh, really good one. Hi-Fi Rush, really good one. Obviously, Star Ocean, the second story R, which is the remake of that. Really great game, really fantastic remake. Final Fantasy 16, Sea of Stars, amazing game. Fire Emblem Engage, Octopath Traveler 2. Those are pretty much a bunch of games that that uh, I'm I'm very happy to be in the best of the year for me. I still have yet to play Starfield or Alan Wake 2. I'm looking to play those as the year wraps up. But those are pretty much my honorable mentions for that. So just to follow up, I also missed out on a couple this year. I, I'd like to play Baldur's Gate and Alan Wake 2, so I'm going to get to those in the new year. I did also play Marvel Spider-Man 2. I'm a little higher than you on it. I did put some 20-plus hours into it, but I still was not blown away some a little bloated a little mm -hmm. bit too much of the same but yeah there it, is, needs a, it needs a change it, it needs I, a change i would have liked like an edited cut of the game that was yeah six hours quicker star wars jedi survivor sort of similar issues that mm -hmm. sequelitis mm -hmm. that just got kind of bored there hogwarts legacy i know people have been blown away it's the best selling game of the year but it, it got for me I plan on getting back to it, but for me, it just felt too just blodge floating around this world. But you talked about Super Mario RPG already. Phenomenal. The only reason it didn't make my list is it was like replaying the game yeah. that I played a few years ago. And that's not a good or bad thing. Just wasn't impactful enough to make my top five. It's yeah. great and everyone should play it. And I had an amazing time, but it was more of the same, just fine-tuned. Yeah, I get it. The biggest surprise that just missed my top five, a game called Disney Illusion Island, a yeah. Metroidvania Actually, Disney making a Metroidvania game. It's a sprawling map. You got to really keep hitting your map button to look where you're going, where should you go. There's very little to no combat in the game, but it's about unlocking new abilities, unlocking new areas, and it's a lot of platforming. And I, it kind of felt like my roots of gaming, just going back to this game and just jumping and 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 floating around this world. <laughs> it's nothing too complex. You can very accessible. You can set the difficulty level very low. But it was a, a fresh and exciting game that I was looking forward to and had a good time with. That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. Uh, it's a game I'm definitely interested in, in, in at least giving it a shot because you've talked so highly about it. Yeah, it is fun. And then, Mike, anything you want to shout out that maybe didn't come out this year that you played in years past? I mean, that you played this year that came out this years past? Yeah, I spent a lot of time this year with the Analog Pocket which is a fantastic device. So I've gone back and played a bunch of old Game Boy games. I've played Kirby's Dream Land. I've played uh, Super Mario Land, all three of them. I've played a bunch of GBA games that I was playing in that in kind of that time. Uh, I think the Analog Pocket is one of the coolest devices on the market. It's pretty much akin to like a portable mister with some limits because it's not going to be able to do like the 3D stuff, but it, it's it's amazing. It's it's like one of my favorite go-to devices that I have right now. You also played some older gen Pokemon games on there too, I right? I did. I did. I was playing Pokemon. Pokemon was it gold or silver, was it? It was uh, Pokemon Crystal, which Crystal. which is actually really good. I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with it because the, the clock doesn't work with the uh, analog pocket. So I'm waiting for them to update that core so that I could use the in-game clock and not just catch ghost Pokemon and Alice. <laughs> so that's really good. But I played the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. I played a bunch of those, which are fantastic, quote unquote, remakes of those games. And I, I did go back to Pokemon Scarlet and finish it this year. I There was an event, a special event where you could get a shiny Froakie or there was like Froakie day and there's Froakies everywhere. So I got a shiny Froakie. I imported them immediately into into Pokemon Scarlet and finished Pokemon Scarlet and looking to give it a little bit more time for a couple more updates so, they, so that the uh, DLC runs better. And I'll probably play the DLC early next year. That's that's some great stuff. Uh, I, like you, went to Pokemon Violet and played that this year to completion. I didn't get to it last year, so that was a, a 2023 game for me. Crisis Core, which came out December yeah. of last year, really was a 2023 game for me. I absolutely adored that game and almost snuck it into my top five. Really good. Really good. 
really good remaster slash remake. I hadn't played Earthbound to its completion until this year, and I had an amazing time. We've talked about that on this pod. Yeah, Sonic Frontiers was a game that surprised me and scared me at the same time, <laughs> but I put dozens of hours into it, and that was this calendar year. <laughs> you, you, it was a drug you couldn't quit, dude. I love it. I love it. Pokemon Quest was a cute little mobile game on the Switch that yeah, that you played uh, seven thousand hours. <laughs> I think my logged hours were inflated from keeping the Switch on. Is one of those games that incorrectly monitors your hours because it says I played like thirty-seven days of it, and that's totally yeah. not true. You definitely did that, man. Come on. <laughs> and then lastly, like you said, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. I played the fifth one from start to finish, and now the only—I'm sorry—the fourth one from start to finish, and now the fifth and sixth are the only. Big gaping holes in my Final Fantasy travels. Oh, so, baby. So that was my retro and or, or pre-2023 games that I played this year. Mike, you and me play a lot of video games. It's something that listeners and each of us have probably noticed at this point. But a lot of games we still missed. And I'm sure we'll come back in the months to come and report on some of the games that we didn't play from this year. Because it was just a heck of a year. It was. It was an incredible year. And... And it's impossible to keep up with everything if you have anything outside of video games as a life. So I'm excited to play a little Starfield that I have on Game Pass and Alan Wake 2, which I will sit down and play probably in the week between Christmas and New Year. So I'm, I'm excited. excited for your Alan Wake 2 takes because the horror elements plus the music, which I know the music plays a huge part in the game and the ambiance. I'm excited to, to hear what your impressions are. Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Remedy fan out right. there, to be fair. I didn't love Control, but I figured so many people are talking about Alan Wake 2. I got to give it a shot. I think that's only fair. So mm-hmm. that is a wrap. You guys listened to this just a few days before New Year's. So Happy uh, everyone, New Year. Yeah, everyone, Happy New Year. Have a safe. Hopefully you get all the Christmas presents and games that you wanted. And Mike... Where can people out there find you? Sure, I'm going to be quick. You can find me here. You can find me with my band, Bad Mary. Search us out on the internet at Bad Mary Band. You can find me on the Batman Tasticast talking about Batman related stuff. And you can find me with Long Island Retro Gaming by searching out Long Island Retro Gaming or LI Retro on everything, everywhere social medias are sold. And I will say this now I've said it three times or four times on this podcast Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will be the best game of 2024. I hope so. Mike is passionate as as I love it about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It's only a few months away. But in the meantime, guys, leave reviews. If we ask for anything for Christmas here at the Hall of Fame pod, it's yes. some reviews. It helps us out so much. Tell your friends and re-listen to some episodes you might have missed. That helps the numbers so much and helps making what we do that much more enjoyable. So thank you guys so much. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Happy holidays. And we'll see you guys all in the new year. See ya. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.